0: aspirations and that was one sphere of my life. But another sphere of my life. David was a hero to me. And there's a couple of reasons why. David as a kid because he was a kid at this point slew Goliath the giant. And if you know the scene and we're eventually going to get to this. He went to put on Saul, King Saul's armor, and it was too big for him. Most of the uniforms that I would try to put on at that time that I wanted to play football were too big for me. I could identify with that. He was not of large stature. I mean, that's what, that's what Samuel was looking at. But there were so many dimensions to who David was that you have to look beyond just stature. And if you were to look into the life of David right now from a biblical perspective, David wrote 73 Psalms. And that's just the Psalms that he wrote, a Psalm of David. He might have commissioned other Psalms. But he wrote 73 Psalms. 66 chapters of the Old Testament are about David. 66 chapters. 59 references to him in the New Testament. That's incredible. And all of those references, by the way, in the New Testament are positive references. And if you know anything about David, his life wasn't all positive. But 59 references in the New Testament. He was a poet, a songwriter. You know, he played an instrument that today would probably be like someone teaching themselves how to play guitar. He played the lyre, stringed instrument. He was a tenaciously loyal friend to Jonathan. He was a great warrior. He was full of wisdom and strength. He was a statesman and a king. He was a person who was known for his forgiveness. If you look at Saul, King Saul, and how he could have gotten back at King Saul and didn't. How at one point he could have gone after Nabal and didn't. And at one point there's this great story about this guy Shammai. On the way out of Jerusalem, when his son Absalom had usurped the throne, this guy Shemai starts throwing stones at him and calling him names. And this is the king of Israel. And obviously this guy Shammai didn't like him. You know how people are politicians these days? Well, this guy Shemai didn't like him. He's throwing stones at him, calling him names. He's on his way out. Well, then Absalom gets killed. David comes back in as the king again. What do you think David could have done to Shammai? But he forgave him. We're not always too good at forgiveness. David was awesome at forgiveness. There's many aspects to this character, David. This person, David. In fact, in many ways, if you were to look at the Beatitudes that Jesus talks about. They would be reflected in the life of David. Now, why was Samuel in this scene? Why was Samuel looking for a king? Why did he go to Jesse? And the Jesse's household. You need to understand the background here. Who was Samuel? Samuel was what was known at this time as a judge. A judge was a charismatic leader of Israel. He was also a priest. Some of the judges that you might recognize, their names, Gideon was a judge. Samson was a judge. Look in the book of Judges, you'll understand what judges did. Samuel was the final judge, and he had anointed the first king. Now, why didn't Samuel's sons step up to the plate? If you look in 1 Samuel chapter 8, they were corrupt. And then he anointed Saul as king. What happened to Saul? If you look at 1 Samuel 13 through 15, Saul kind of messed up. And then if you look at the end of chapter 16, the spirit of the Lord actually departs from Saul. So they needed a new king. And the Lord says, I have this guy handpicked for you, Samuel, and I want you to go anoint him. That's the scene. So he sends him to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem. Does that name sound familiar, Bethlehem? It's interesting that he sends him to Bethlehem. That foreshadows another king. And so Samuel comes to the house of Jesse. They begin with worship, sacrificing a heifer. They begin with worship. And he says, I need to see your sons, because one of your sons in your household, Jesse, is going to be king. So the first person we see is Elliot, and this guy is impressive looking. You know how we are always impressed by people's appearance, right? If someone is tall of stature, and they're handsome, and they walk up to you well-dressed, handsome, tall of stature, what is your first thought? This guy's got it together. Even if the guy's a jerk and you don't know him yet, you've already assessed him as someone who's got their act together. Isn't it amazing how, by appearance, we've already made a decision about somebody? Oftentimes. When I go to see a doctor these days and they look like a kid, it's like, oh my goodness. Does this guy know anything? Because more and more they're looking like kids to me. And I'm making an assessment based on appearance. We do that so often. And you might see someone that you think, oh my gosh, this guy looks like he's from the dregs of society. And the guy is so kind And full of wisdom, but we've already assessed because of appearance. And so Samuel, of course, falls into that trap, judging by appearance. There's Eliab, and there's Abinadab, and there's Shema, and they all look kingly. These guys are strapping And when they get to the end of all the sons, it's like, none of these. And Samuel's saying, Lord, what's the deal? So he has to say to Samuel, are these all your sons? And Samuel, I forgot. I got one more. Now I want you to think for a second. We all laugh at that. What if you were the forgotten child? You know what we would say today about that child? They're going to be psychologically damaged for life. I'm serious. I'm serious. They're going to be damaged for life. He was supposed to have all of his sons together. And he forgot about this one. How do you forget? Yeah, I've got this kid... He's out watching the sheep. He's the youngest. He's of no consequence. You know the reality is? Everyone is of consequence to the Lord. Everyone is of consequence. And we can't forget that. We can't forget that. That Jesus died on the cross for everyone. And you know, David, I mean, think about it. He's the youngest one. He's out watching the sheep. This kid is vulnerable. And yet at the same time, because he's out by himself, and he's this vulnerable kid, what happens to him? He learns skills. He gets really good with his slingshot. I mean, later on we're going to find out when he faces Goliath and they, and they say to him, you're a kid, you can't take on this giant. He says, what are you talking about? I've killed lions and bears. How many middle school kids today with a slingshot could kill lions and bears? This kid's good. He's okay and comfortable with himself in solitude. He taught himself how to play the liar while he was out by himself. He was industrious. He used his time well. So the next line is that we're introduced to David, and what's said about him? He's ruddy, and he's got beautiful eyes, and he's handsome. Now let's just pause there for a second. Right off the bat, we're told some things about him. He's ruddy. What's that mean? You know what ruddy means? He's got like rosy cheeks. What do you think that's from? That's from being outdoors in the wind and in the sun. You know what that means? He works. He's not pampered. He's not a wimp. His kid's out in the wild. He's ready to take on life. That's someone you need in that position. And he's got beautiful eyes. You know what that tells me? While he's out in the wilderness, you know what else he's cultivated? A relationship with the Lord. And it's reflected in his countenance, in his eyes. That's why he's already begun to cultivate this psalm writing The Lord is my shepherd. He understood. He was being trained not only to be a shepherd of sheep, but be a shepherd of people. He was being trained out there. The Lord was cultivating this in him. He was building this relationship with the Lord. And we're told he was handsome. Now, think about that just for a second. You're out with a bunch of sheep. How do you know you're handsome? <laughs> you know, today, we are around people so much, and we've got all this social, social media going. You know, if someone is handsome or someone is beautiful or pretty, they know it from early on. You know what I mean by that? So they're so full of themselves that by the time they're teenagers, they're, they're like pretty much prima donna's. You know, they know it. But if you're handsome and no one's telling you but the sheep. In other words, he's pretty unassuming. He's pretty. He's pretty humble. That's a good trait. And he's a person of integrity. Because he's out there watching the sheep. That's his first concern. And he was conscientious about it. He's willing to take on wild animals at his own risk. And when he kills Goliath, by the way, you'll find this out later if you read about it. That what he does is he comes right back to tend his sheep. He doesn't seek the limelight. The limelight comes to him. There's something special about this kid. And the Lord knew it. So then he comes in and the Lord says to Samuel, this is the kid Anoint him. And so what happens? He's anointed with oil and we're told the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Well, one of the reasons why is because he was already prepared for it. He already had a heart for the Lord. This wasn't a surprise when the Lord came upon him because he was a vessel that was Ready? See, the Lord wants to come mightily upon us. But we need to prepare our hearts by cultivating that relationship with the Lord, which He was already doing. Out in solitude. He wasn't distracted. He used the time well to cultivate skills And to cultivate that time with the Lord. We need alone time with the Lord. So that when the Lord wants to use us, when the Lord wants to fill us, we're available for him. We need that alone time. You know, we're about to embark on a journey to study this person for the next couple of months. David. You can read scripture in a variety of ways. You can study a book and read through a gospel, read through a letter of Paul, read through scripture from start to finish. You can study a certain trait. Like love or joy or peace. You can study a person and there's real value in studying a person. You know, and what you discover when you study a person in the Bible is they're real people. They're not made-up legends. They're not fake. They're not plastic. They're real people. Abraham and his grandson Jacob, they had a problem with lying. Read about it. Deception. Moses. Moses had a problem with anger. David had multiple issues, by the way. You know, at one point he got angry and fortunately there was a woman who came into his life. Her name was Abigail who calmed him down. David was a notorious sinner at one point. He had a guy come into his life by the name of Nathan who was a prophet. David had multiple family issues. Just read about it. His children were a mess. But every time David was confronted with the mess in his life, he was willing to repent. Read Psalm 51 and you'll see. See, what we learn about David and what we learn from David is he was an incredible man of God. And he was also very fallible. And we can learn from both. We can learn from both. And we have even more of a gift because of Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, Of Jesus Christ, we can be assured of our forgiveness without question. We don't have to wonder whether we're forgiven. We can know we're forgiven when we fail, when we sin. Without question, Jesus took upon himself our sin, the sin of the world. And Pentecost assures us we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered. And we see the gifts of the Spirit and we see the fruit of the Spirit in the New Testament. And Jesus is called the son of David. He not only fulfilled the role of David, he surpassed the role of David. But David foreshadowed in so many ways. And he's a wonderful model for us to study. And so I encourage you, to walk this walk together with me. To see what it means to become a person who is one after God's own heart. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that's what would be said about you? As it was said about David, here is one after God's own heart. Let's pray. As we pause before the Lord, I encourage you in the coming days and weeks to take time to read the stories Of David to read some of the Psalms to grab a concordance and read some of the references in the New Testament to this incredible man David and to see what it means to be one after God's own heart Lord God we thank you for the testimony of David's life for one who was truly after your own heart but at the same time had flaws like all of us do and yet was quick to repent Lord help us to learn from this man and help us to see the gifts that you've given us the gifts that you've given us in Jesus to know that we are forgiven when we fall. The outpouring of your Holy Spirit at Pentecost to know that we can be filled with your Holy Spirit and empowered. But Lord, I pray this day that our hearts would be open to the outpouring, the filling, the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. That we would have a heart given over to you. That we would seek to walk the walk and seek to grow in the knowledge and love of you day by day. That we might be known by those around us as one who has a heart after you.